0: When this whole world starts a- getting me down And people are just too much for me to face I'll climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares just driven right into space As can be, and there the world below don't bother me. So when I come home,
1: okay, hello, good friends. Mark Baber here. For episode two of Begging to Differ, i got to thank, thank you so much for uh, taking some of your time to uh, listen to Begging to Differ. And the feedback on episode one from a couple of weeks ago has just been incredible. Kindness and encouragement and affirmation. I just can't thank you people enough who took 27 minutes of your time to listen to the old babe. And uh, so here we are again on episode two. But to remind you, and in case you didn't listen to episode one and want to go back and catch it, we did some thinking and some talking about uh, failing forward or falling upward or being broken open. And I've really gotten the impression from some of your feedback that, uh, that those thoughts might have really uh, kind of scratched some of you where you itch. I think the truth is, man, we've all got our stuff in our life that's kind of been the setback of life, whether personal failure or failure of someone we love deeply or just things didn't go right, and how after time we see that that brokenness, that pain, that loss turned out to be crazy enough a blessing. So that's what we talked about in episode one. I've been thinking for about a few days now about what I wanted to do on episode two and, and what I wanna do is talk about this thought, always be humble and kind. Tim McGraw's got a great country song out now with that title, Always Be Humble and Kind. And man, it just speaks to me. Sometimes it's amazing to me how country music, some of it can really speak to what's going on in my life and in our lives. and. To the deeper issues of life. There's a bunch of things, though, that have actually been uh, making me think about humility and kindness. And I want to just mention some of those things uh, as we lead into maybe a point or two we might make about these two really uh, pretty important uh, characteristics of life. One thing, man, that's made me think about the need to talk about humility and kindness is this election process. Man, it's kind of been a tough year, has not it? And, and all I want to really say is that we got to find a better way for doing this thing. It seems that uh, we got some problems out there, and I, I'm not here to take sides today, but, uh, but I, I'm just troubled by the fact that in these elections in our country, we don't hear voices offering lofty, noble, good ideas, things that inspire us and lift us and, and want to make us think hard and believe that there's a better way and, and that we really could maybe get better as people and as a nation. It just seems like everything we hear is about how bad the other guy is or the other lady, as the case may be. And and, and I don't know, y'all. I'm just bothered by how we're just demonizing and having hate speech all the time on either side of this deal. And uh, it's like we identify our opponent, and whoever that opponent is, the goal, the method, the, the plan is to demonize that person and focus totally on what's wrong with the other. And I'm just thinking there's a better way, and I'm also thinking that that election process may be kind of a cultural of expression of kind of the way a lot of us really do life in everyday relationships. And so look, y'all, you know it, I know it, there's a better way. And we got to find it and we got to try it. And I'm not offering the way today, but a little bit later, I'm going to suggest some things that might be a part of a better way. And what I think it is that the better way would involve, by all means, kindness and humility. And so that election process has made me think about this. Something else made me think about the need to talk about humility and kindness, and that's social media. Let me just tell you something. I love Facebook. I love Twitter. I love being on there. I love posting pictures of my grandchildren. I love talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks win, lose, or draw, I just, love, I just love the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I like to put stuff out there that's fun about them. And every now and then I like to take a little gig at somebody from Ole Miss or something like that. But it's all in fun and all in love and never in my heart me- meant to be mean or condescending. But, but there's another side to social media, another side than grandkids and showing our picture of our toes when we're at Destin or whatever, relaxing. And all the neat places we all get to go in the world, but but social media has uh, got some bad things about it. There's a bunch of meanness out there, and, and uh, thank God for that unfriend button because man, I sometimes I got I just got to get some of that negative stuff out of my feed. I don't need it in my life, and uh, I say that at the same time, being willing to admit, man, I've I've committed a few of those social media sins. You know, I've attacked an idea or two that I didn't like. I hope I didn't attack somebody, but sometimes it feels like that, even when somebody's attacking our ideas, and and we're not not all that good at communicating, uh, you know, with with that keyboard in front of us. And I, I'm the worst sinner sometimes. I really am. And man, I've called into question friends' intelligence. I don't think I've ever actually called anybody an idiot uh, on, on social media, but I've thought idiot in my heart a bunch of times. And so I guess that's kind of like adultery, you know, if you. Look on a woman to lust after you committed adultery in your heart. Maybe if you look on a Facebook page and, and say idiot in your heart, well, maybe it's the same as calling somebody an idiot. And, and so I've done that a time or two, and I'm, I'm not happy about it. But, man, it just doesn't it bug you when you see people calling anybody, you know, like the president or future potential president on either side, uh, a blithering idiot. It, just think, man, we got to figure out a better way to, to talk to and about one another. And so uh, social media, you know, is kind of making me think uh, about the need for a little bit of grace and humility and, and kindness. And so uh, that's another thing that stimulated me. You know, one more thing is just human relationships in general, life in our culture. I mean, we got a culture in this wonderful country of ours that, that, that we believe in winning and succeeding and gaining and acquiring and consuming and uh, taking to extremes, winning and succeeding and gaining and acquiring and consuming is a bad thing, and, uh, or can be a bad thing. And, and so sometimes this culture of ours that puts so much emphasis on getting ahead and winning and acquiring and consuming, it puts us kind of in a mode of like we're in control and that we always sort of have to be Right. And the question I've been asking myself a whole lot lately about that is, man, how's that working out for you in human relationships? I mean, how does it really work out for me to succeed, to be, to belittle someone else? And and I just doesn't feel good deep in my soul. And so I've been thinking a whole lot about maybe trying to add to my life a great deal more humility and kindness. And then uh, one final thing that I think has kind of made me me want to talk about kindness and humility is just there's way too much mean-spirited labeling going on in our world. We see this again a lot on on facebook and twitter the only two social medias i'm i'm on i've got instagram but i haven't figured out actually how to do it i uh, probably don't need another one in my life but but boy you see this so much this labeling of course the two uh, hottest labels would be uh conservative or liberal and and you can kind of add adjectives to those and and make them even worse but but it's like, man, if you don't like somebody, you kind of fire at them with one of those and label them, ah, oh, you're in that group. And it kind of just labels you. And, and I find labeling to be a really troubling thing. Uh, and I try not to allow myself to be labeled in one way because it kind of categorizes me. And, and although I'm not a perfect uh, example of this, I really do try modernist not to label people and kind of size them up and judge them because uh, you know a lot of great spiritual teachers among them people like jesus and the buddha and a few others really come down strong on not judging other people not having your mind made up ahead of time about what someone is like and it winds up belittling and we use it to belittle people if we do label and and it's just not kind and it's not not humble and so that's kind of what's been making me think about that. But, but let's move on to something else. And I want to move on to something else. I want to talk about humility. A lot of you that know me well might be laughing, uh, you know, kind of think, what, Babers talking about humility? I mean, I mean, and there are some people that I, I've rubbed in the wrong way in my life who think maybe I'm one of the most arrogant human beings in the history of the world. And, and I can promise you I've had some moments of arrogance in my life that, that I'm not proud of. Uh, but I have actually learned a, a thing or two about humility in, in the last decade or two or three of my life. And I want to just throw it out there for you. It's not like a word study of the Greek word for humility. I don't even know what it is. I knew it once, but I've forgotten it. But, but for me, when I think about how, uh, humility, I think about things like having a healthy self-awareness. For me, uh, and I don't know, maybe it's just developed in the last 15, 20 years for me, uh, I just have this acute sense every day of my life that I got so much stuff I need to learn, that whatever I may have known at any time in my life is really not very much compared to what I need to know and what I need to learn about the living of life. And so for me, humility to some degree is just kind of living daily with a healthy healthy self-awareness that I got some stuff I need to learn about all manner of things. So healthy self-awareness. Another thing that uh, helps me think about humility is to be able to say this to myself, you know, Baber, your view of faith and spirituality and politics is a view, but it is not the view. You know, it's like some point I realized uh, that you know I, I'm not an idiot if I see things differently than you. and guess what? You're not an idiot if you see things differently, than me. And in fact, if I'm gonna live with any degree of humility in life, I have to meet just about every human being with this notion, that is, you can be my teacher. There's something I can learn from you, from others. And so, as much as I like my view of politics, and as much as I kinda feel good about my view of faith and religion and where it's going at this point, I'm still, I hope, humble enough to know that it's a view and not the view, and that it could be that if my view and your view were to get together, we could come out with another view that makes us both better. And so that's another thing about humility. It's just my view sometimes is a view, but not the view. The third thing that uh, I think of when I think of humility as it relates to my life and my attempts to try to in any way live uh, humility or in a humble way is something I learned in um, recovery again. We use this phrase a lot. It's called uh, contempt prior to investigation. Fancy words that a fellow named Bill W. wrote in a book called uh, The Big Blue Book or Big Book of AA. And uh, it talks about having contempt Prior to investigation, which basically is a fancy way of saying you judge things before you actually would investigate or know anything about something, and if you think about that very long at all, to live with contempt or judgment prior to investigation is really kind of arrogant. I see this sometimes with uh, some of my grandkids. I was actually with one of my grandsons this weekend, whom I love, and. I can't even remember what the food was, but I said, hey, man, uh, you, you like some of this? Maybe it's cantaloupe. Or, he goes, no, nah, I don't like it. And I go, well, have you ever eaten any? He goes, no. And I go, well, man, how do you know? That's contempt prior to investigation. And I guess it's not that big a deal if we're talking about cantaloupe or uh, or, or anything to eat. But if you think about if we're talking about fellow human beings or ideas or books that someone has read and excited about. And I, this is where I've been the worst enemy sometimes. I'll hear somebody talk about a book or say an idea that seems a little strange to me and I go, I wouldn't like that, man, that's that's crock. And, and just make a judgment. You're like, that's it, I, I wouldn't read that. And, and I've, I mean, I've known people that, that are authors that are kind of well-known authors who've had people protesting at some of their events about how awful their books are, and come find out they hadn't even read the book. And I think now that is not humility, that is actually arrogance, contempt prior to investigation. And so, for me to try to be a humble person, I try, I'm not, I don't always succeed, but I try to say, Man, I can't judge something before I've at least had the opportunity to investigate it a little bit, to study, to think. To, to ponder, to give it a chance. And so that's what I try to do is give things a chance. All right? Uh, yet another thing that helps me uh, think about what it means to be humble is uh, is to be able to say this. You know, it's kind of one of my core beliefs that, that I really am an important part of uh, God's creation, but I also believe that so are you, an important part of God's creation. And so I also believe that, like immigrants, all of them, even illegal ones, are an important part of God's creation. And some of you are going to find it hard to believe what I'm about to say, but I also believe that Republicans and Democrats, may I quickly add, are an important part of God's creation. And I had to go on here and say that I really do believe, and if this makes you hate me, I can, I'm sorry, i sorry, I wish you didn't, but I believe that Muslims, every one of them, are an important part of God's creation and Hindus and Buddhists and atheists and people that are struggling out on the street that are homeless and, and that we might look upon as the untouchables of life and addicts and people that just cannot, for whatever reason, get their act together, that they're all an important part of God's creation. And that lesbians and gays and bisexuals and transgenders are all very much loved by God and a part of God's creation. And for me to be a humble person, and I promise you I hadn't always been this way. I hadn't always had this much room in my heart for all these people groups or whatever that I've just named. But when I came to believe to leap deeply in my heart that there was an immortal diamond inside of me and that I was actually created in the image of ultimate reality, which I choose to call God, that, I, that bearing out of that thought had to be the thought that so is everybody I meet, even the people I don't like or don't want to like or I'm mad at or angry with or... I'm pissed off at, her for whatever reason, even and always, they too are an important God of, part of God's creation. And that's got to make a difference in my life and the way I relate to people. And I don't always win on this point. Trust me on this one. But I believe it deeply in my heart. That's part of what it means to be humble. Another thing that uh, helps me think about humility and try to practice it in my life is this, that I think I'm a humble person to the degree that I can lean into mystery and to accept that in life, there is more. There's always going to be more that I'm not going to like ever get it all totally figured out. And so if I'm going to be in any way humble, and hopefully kind as a part of humility, I got to be willing to lean in to the mystery of not knowing and to know that for every discovery of any kind of truth, there's more truth past that to be discovered and more levels and aspects of meaning. And so quickly, just to summarize what I think about humility there's a whole lot more healthy self-awareness my views are a view not the view on anything that contempt prior to investigation is actually arrogance and so if I'm going to be humble I got to check stuff out and I'm an important part of God's creation and so are you and that's got to make a difference in the way I live life And the more I lean into mystery and accept that there is more, the better off as a human being I'll be and hopefully some others. And so that all brings me to talk for just a few minutes about kindness. Humility and and kindness, they seem to kind of go together. And I'm going to tell you again, I mean, I got, I could, if I, if I wanted to confess sins today, long and hard, we could take a long, long time uh, talking about all the times that I have been unkind, as recently as maybe this morning. I'm not happy about it, but, uh, but, man, kindness and being committed to being a kind person is a tall order. It's an inexhaustible challenge to place out in front of you, but I think it's a worthy one. I mean, just kindness. Who can go wrong with that? Uh, the Dalai Lama, I think it was said, my religion is simple. My religion is kindness. And a lot of people wanna jump on the Dalai Lama, but if you back off and think about that for a minute, you think, you know, he may be onto something there. My religion is simple. My religion is kindness. Maybe there needs to be more, certainly, to what it, being a religious person is Religion is actually a neat word. It means to kind of reconnect, relig, put ligaments back together. And maybe any kind of healthy religion would be bringing people together and reconnecting people to ultimate reality, God, love, Jesus Christ, any number of ways you can describe it. But if it doesn't include kindness, then maybe it's kind of empty. So I kind of like what the Dalai Lama said there. And I also like what another... Uh, spiritual guy said, a fellow named the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, I think it's chapter two about verse four, one of the few like chapters and verses that I still remember in my life, although I do have a great deal of respect and love for the scriptures. But, but Romans two, four, some neat, neat words. It says, the kindness of God leads to repentance. And this is uh, following a long couple of chapters where the apostle chose to name a bunch of sins of all kinds and kind of basically saying all of us are are in a mess and he may be on to something there. But uh, he wraps up talking about how we're all guilty by saying, you know, we're guilty and it's a problem. And then he goes, but guess what? It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Repentance is a neat word that basically means change of mind. So if you've ever had a change of mind about anything, you repented. And uh, a lot of times we associate repentance with, you know, like the last need of not a church camp or something like that, you know, where you've been kissing your girl all week and now it's time to get it right with God, you know, before we go back home or something. Or repentance is when I'm going to quit a bunch of awful, ugly sins. But repentance in simplest terms is just change of mind. And if you change your mind about anything, you're probably going to also change your direction. And so I think it's kind of interesting that Paul says the kindness of God leads to a change of mind or repentance or transformation, if you will. And, and so that's worth thinking about. And a thought that hit me the other day, if the kindness of God could lead somebody to repentance... I wonder what the kindness of Mark might do to somebody. I wonder if my kindness toward anybody, especially someone that maybe doesn't deserve my kindness, if that could be the kind of thing that would catapult someone to repentance, a change of heart, a change of mind, or a change of direction. I can know this as I think about this in my life how much the kindness of others has been a game changer for me. 16 and a half years ago, I was unemployed. I didn't have a clue how I was gonna support my family. I may have mentioned this in the last podcast. It's worth repeating. And I had a guy in town that I kinda knew, just had some minimal dealings with, but he maybe knew more about me than I knew about him. And when he found out that I was out of a job, he called me and said, hey man, I understand you're out of a job. I'd like to talk to you about giving you a job. Now, I'm telling you something. That was an act of kindness that was a life changer for me in many, many ways. That guy didn't owe me anything, but he chose to reach out to a guy that he knew was in a bit of trouble and to extend a hand of kindness if you want to know, his name is Bruce Williams. And uh, he was my boss for a while, and as it turns out, I wound up being his boss, and we're pretty good friends to this day. And, and oddly enough, it, it, it developed because a guy took a chance on being kind toward me. Another human being uh, in my life that I think has helped epitomize what kindness means uh, was a lady by the name of Audrey Cantrell. She's been dead several years, and I had the great honor—I don't know, fifteen or, or more years ago—I don't, I can't remember how long it was—to to speak at her uh, funeral. But man, Audrey Cantrell was was one of the most awesome human beings that ever walked on this earth. She happened to go to a church that uh, I was working at uh, a long time ago, and uh, she was actually a widow. Her husband had died. He had been a Professor at Washington University and a minister himself, and she'd been uh, so she's a widow and an ex minister's wife and knew a whole lot about the you know church life. But oh, what a kind woman! And I can talk for hours about our want for the sake of time, but just two or three things. I remember once uh, I was waxing eloquent in the pulpit when I was a preacher, and I used the word facade a bunch of times in the sermon, but unfortunately I said facade. F-A-C-A-D-E, I think is the way you spell it, and it's actually facade, but I was showing my ignorance, and after the sermon, and after the service, she comes up to me alone and pulls me aside and says, hey, what a wonderful message you had for us today. Thank you so much. You might wanna look at that word, F-A-C-A-D-E, and in the future, it kinda is facade. And uh, she was a kind teacher, and I, I have never made that mistake again. And, and I appreciate it because you look kind of stupid if you're a speaker and you say vacade. Then another one, this may help some of you. This is an act of kindness towards you. If you ever use the word uh, uh, irregardless, people that know are going to think, man, you're kind of dumb. Because irregardless is actually not a word. It's just like regardless. And I apparently said irregardless about 30 times one day. And, and again, Miss Cantrell pulls me aside and said, hey, you may want to, you know, just take a look at this. But "irregardless" is is actually not a word. "Irregular," I guess, is one. But "irregardless" is not. And if you're a, you know, a professional speaker, it helps if somebody's kind enough to you to, in love, point out errors that you've made. And it just does what? It helps you repent. It helps you change your mind. It helps you, like, look things up and figure out how to. Uh, how to pronounce words and stuff, and and then you become better for it. So you have a change because of the undeserved kindness of someone. Man, maybe that's a little bit of an oversimplification of how kindness can express itself in our lives. But I'm going to tell you what, Bruce Williams and Audrey Cantrell are two people, and I could list hundreds, and I may, uh, uh, over the months and years of people who have, showed kindness toward me and what a difference it's made in my life. But to kind of put a wrap on it today on episode two, I just want you to kind of go away from this podcast thinking, well, if the kindness of God would lead to repentance, is it possible that the kindness of me, what's your name, could lead to repentance? And to make it really hard Think about ways that you can extend kindness to somebody that simply does not deserve it. I mean, they're sorry, they're mean, they're nasty. They don't deserve it in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And could it be that if you could dig deep down in your heart and find a way to extend an offer of some kind of kindness, word a gesture, a note, a thought, a private email message that just shows kindness. It might change their life, seriously, forever. Well, that's all I got for today, folks. Always be humble and kind, and I want to take you out with just a little bit of Tim McGraw. Think about it. God bless you. I'll be back soon, pretty soon, week or two with episode three. Begging to different
0: you know there's a light that glows by the front door Don't forget the keys under the mat when childhood stars shine always stay humble and kind go to church cause your mom sister. Visit grandpa every chance that you can. It won't be wasted time. Always stay humble and kind. Hold the door, say please, say thank you. Don't steal, don't no cheat, don't no lie. To free ride from no one Don't hold a grudge or a chip And here's why Bitterness keeps you from flying Always stay humble and kind Know the difference between sleeping with someone And sleeping with someone